Welcome to the Whole Point Podcast, all about guest conversations and our personal thoughts about big ideas that will elevate your life and change your mind. We're talking about how to bring them into your business, your family, and your real life, and what that looks like day to day on any random Tuesday. I'm Christy Bartelt, a wise mentor helping women confidently love themselves and change their lives and their minds. I'm Serena Talbot, and I'm passionate about helping people heal and accomplish their goals so that people can move forward with the life they are created to live. Thanks for joining us. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. We have a fantastic guest to share with you today, and this will be the start of a series with this guest, and we have the amazing Kelly Track here with us today sharing about her genius, your genius, everyone's genius. There's so much genius. It's something that definitely needs to be talked about more, and we're so excited to bring you this today. So Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure and an honor to be here. Uh, I listened, I've listened a lot to this podcast, so I'm honored to be a guest on it. I love it. So I'm going to share a little bit about Kelly. Kelly Track, and you can find her at kellytrack.com, is a four-time entrepreneur, business coach, and author. We're going to be talking about her book today called P.S. You're a Genius, An Unconventional Guide to Finding Your Innate Gifts, Even When You Feel Like You Have None. It's going to be an amazing conversation. So as a business coach, Kelly helps visionaries find their genius, monetize it so they can build digital businesses. She hosts the Kelly Track Show podcast, which has had more than 100,000 downloads, which is awesome. And is a greater your conscious empire, a course that teaches people how to build a business based on their genius. Kelly has a Bachelor of Commerce Honors degree at the University of British Columbia, where she studied under a scholarship. Kelly previously worked at Tesla Motors and studied at Sciences PO in Paris, France, and was accepted in a pre-accelerated program taught by a billionaire venture capitalist. I feel like we need to ask you about all these things and take like a whole other hour in the podcast, but that's okay. So a venture capitalist in Silicon Valley. She's spoken at places like Uber and NASDAQ. And after her first three tech startups failed in San Francisco, Kelly built a fourth business centered around her genius, which enabled her to create success doing what came most naturally to her. Now she teaches others how to do the same. Kelly, you're amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Sometimes I hear that back. I'm like, Jesus, I've done a lot of things. (laughs) Oh, I love it so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. It, It equals the amount of passion. I mean, I... Kelly, we've known each other for a while. And I would say it's like, yes, Kelly has a lot of passion to share. And it makes sense when you read your bio that it's been all over the place doing so many incredible things. So Kelly, where are you at today? I'm calling from uh, one of the Hawaiian islands from Oahu in Hawaii. As I look out, it's snowing here. As I look outside, (laughs) I'm going to bask in that Hawaiian sunshine with you in Oahu. Where are you usually based? Share that with our guests. I'm usually based in Vancouver, Canada. All right. So interesting. So you're in Hawaii right now. I'm wondering when you travel, do you maintain any of the same kind of like morning routines or routine things that you always take with you when you're on the move, as well as when you're back home to keep you kind of in your high vibe state? I would say, yeah, I would say the main consistent one is just morning coffee and eating the same breakfast. I always eat the same thing. I have had the same thing for breakfast for the last like five years. I'm like a diehard uh, Kelly Levesque fab four smoothie person. So I always have the same thing wherever I go. And 
it just is like that little thing that just gets me set up for success. And it's smoothies that I love and it's got proteins, fat, fiber, greens, and it's pretty easy to replicate wherever you go. And yeah, I have that every day and that on a coffee. And that's pretty much my morning routine. I take wherever I am. I love that. I feel like I'm the kind of person that could also really get down at the same breakfast every single day and no matter where I am. That's lovely. Okay. So we like to ask when we have guests on, if there's a recent like show or book besides your own, because we're going to get to that. (laughs) And we know that's such a big thing right now. And it's a beautiful book, but is there any other book or show you've recently enjoyed? And it can just be simply pleasure as well as something enriching. I have been binging on Selling Sunset. That's the latest season on Netflix. I've watched that. I've been watching that every night since I got here. That's been excellent. Excellent entertainment. (laughs) Is it the uh, personalities? Is it the actual like real estate? What is that you like about that show? You know, some of those women are expanders to me for sure, to use a Lacey Phillips term. And I love California. I love that beachy aesthetic and the the homes are super expansive. Everybody's like really rocking it. I think it's always really expansive to see people who are just really shining, doing big things. Like it's those homes are worth so much money and they're like closing these huge deals. And yeah, I've been really like admiring Chriselle's to use a Gen Z term, like glow up and how she's like really evolved and come into her own. And she's just like radiating this glow and Heather and Tarek getting married. That's super expansive for me. Heather just looks so happy. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just enjoy watching it. It's just good TV to just enjoy just purely for enjoyment. Nothing really else, you know, just to just enjoy. Absolutely. And will you, I use the term expanders. I don't know if we've ever shared it on the show. So will you actually define what that means to you? Because I think it's really helpful for people. Yeah, this is a term from Lacey Phillips. It's people that have gone on to do what you want to do or like people who show your subconscious mind what's possible for your life. So yeah, that was, it's a term from her. So I give her credit and give credit where credit's due. So I shouldn't be watching the Tiger King because if it's expanding my subconscious, it might be going in the wrong direction. Is that what we're getting at here? (laughs) Well, I loved how Lacey explained it. Like when you're jealous of someone, how that's an indication, like that's the direction that you're going in instead of being jealous of them, that they can be the expander. And I love that and showing us what's possible. And that fits in so much with your work. So Kelly, tell us about your book. So this book just came out in November. It is like a brand new baby. Tell us where, where does this come from? Like briefly? Yes, I would say, you know, so much of my life and my work, I've just sort of bumped into things. Like I don't never intention, never was never my intention to write a book on how to find your genius. I think if somebody asked me and told me that I would do that 10 years ago, I'd be like, what the hell, (laughs) where am I going to get that knowledge from? (laughs) I'm stupid and I have no clue what I'm doing. (laughs) So you know, it's been honestly just a lifetime of like figuring things out and bumping into things. So in the bio, I, I've had three failed startups after business school and those all didn't work out. And I had this question that came to me from my intuition after I hit a really big turning point in my life when startup three wasn't working. I was very frustrated. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And I had taken a week off and flown from San Francisco back to Canada And I was in this cabin in the woods and sort of in the middle of nowhere where the Wi-Fi is bad. And I remember literally one morning making a coffee, sitting down in this red leather, lazy boy reclining, you know, chair. And I heard this question from my intuition that just said, what if you just say what you were good at? And I never had considered that in my whole life. Like 
just doing the things I was good at. I was like, that would be stupid and pathetic and dumb. Like I need to achieve, I need to earn, I need to strive. Like, and I was always chasing these huge goals, these really audacious things that were really coming a lot from ego. Like I wanted to build a startup, like, you know, a billion dollar startup or like sell it for a ton of money or like make the cover of Inc magazine. And so much of that stuff. And no matter how hard I was working on these startups and all the support I was getting, they just kept failing. So that was the kind of the question that really prompts a lot of my, I guess, inner awakening. And I was like, well, what am I really good at? I also just didn't know, especially when we have many talents or we're, you know, coming from phases of life. Like I was kind of fresh off business school when you're just sort of taught to be really well-rounded and good at many things, or you're kind of used to conforming to a mold. I was like, I don't really know who I really even am or what I'm really good at. So I was trying to figure it out. And the main thing I had considered at the time was Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours concept. And the only thing I really knew was how to deal with my autoimmune condition. So Mm. I was like, well, I'll start like a blog. Blogging was kind of up and coming back then. I was like, let me try a healthy living blog. And a lot of my teachings were around mindset. And I was like, oh, mindset's really my jam. I'm good at this mindset stuff. And I started creating, you know, a website and my podcast. And I had courses coming out and programs and eBooks. People started asking me, hey, you've built an online business. Could you teach me how to do this too? And I was like, no, you don't want me to coach you. Like I've had failed businesses. Don't ask me. But somebody was just really persistent. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll do it once. I'll help you build an online business. And I was just really, it was really easy for me. It was simple. Uh, My like first client ended up getting great results. And I was just like, well, maybe this is something I can explore. And so through slowly introducing business coaching and eventually weeding out and taking out the rest of the stuff and stopping the life coaching and the mindset stuff and stopping the health blogging and just solely focusing on business coaching. I had indirectly kind of got kind of known for people who would come to me and they would say, I want to start a business, but I don't know what. And I would ask them sort of these unconventional questions to help them figure out some of their gifts and turn that into a business model and what they could sell and offer and create and produce. And that's what I kind of started calling my framework of finding your genius and monetizing it. And once mm-hmm. I mastered it with clients, I took it to my signature course, Your Conscious Empire. And I kept seeing similar results of people getting certainty and clarity when they felt like imposter syndrome had stopped them in the tracks before, or people, you know, launching full-time businesses um, and out earning corporate salaries by the end of first year, or people being able to double or triple what they used to earn in the corporate world with their own thing. Or when your clients had gone on to get speaking gigs at Google within literally one month of opening up shop. And I was just, it was all stemming from this concept and the same recurring feedback of like, well, I figured out my genius. And then I was like, oh, this is like something like I'm onto something. (laughs) And then I was like, I actually had pitched this as a Ted talk and I didn't get a Ted talk. And I was like, well, this concept's good and it has to go somewhere. So why not try pitching for a book? Because there's no book on how to find your genius. So I was like, well, what about me? I could write it. And lo and behold, that's where we're at now. So that's, that's how I got here. And um, can we just give a shout out to Kelly's intuition for that red <laughs> yeah. lazy boy moment of like, why don't you just do what you're good at? Like, thank you, intuition. <laughs> thank you, intuition. Yeah, no kidding, right? So the process, so you were in Silicon Valley, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you moved to Canada. That's where you were sitting. Did you move or you're just in this cabin? That was a trip. And then yeah. after that aha moment, I had decided, and with a couple other life, life factors at the time, a couple months later, I was like, okay, I'm moving back from San Francisco to Canada and like, yeah. I'm not going to be in SF anymore. And I'm going to do the Canada thing for a while and try to do this business. So 
I would imagine like in Silicon Valley, that idea, like you're saying, just do what you're good at. Not only was it crazy in your head, but crazy to everybody else. And so did that feel like you were, I I just got the feeling like you were alone, like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. Just me and my intuition alone, like creating this thing. And now it's amazing. Um, was it like that when you, when you made that decision? Yeah, I would say I feel like that most of the times when I'm following my intuition. It's like, hey, I'm doing this and I'm alone. Or it's like that feeling of I don't know. Or it's sort of that that old quote from Steve Jobs' Stanford address. Trusting that like the dots will connect when it leads you off the well-worn path. I feel like that's really what it always feels like to trust the intuition is that you're really being led off the well-worn path. And you're like, I'm kind of maybe all by myself here, but something about this feels right and I should trust it. Yeah, that's powerful that you did that. I think that's important and ballsy. Yes, (laughs) yes, boss, big boss energy right there. Like, okay, do what I'm good at. Let's just start doing that. (laughs) It's funny because it's almost like not only was it your guidance right there, but it ended up being actually what you would do like with other people. Okay, why don't you just do what you're good at and let me show you like how to make that a business. It's it's so cool in both directions. That is so true. And I never thought about that. And I just got like the full body, like alignment bumps um, when you said that, because it's true. And that is very valid. It is ended up what it ended up being the thing I would do. Your intuition's like, don't worry. I'm actually going to give you direction. I'm also going to tell you what your business is, but it's going to be one thing and you won't know that for a while. <laughs> oh, Kelly, it's so awesome. And can we just say, so as I've, I haven't made it all the way through the book, but I have, I am in the book here loving it. I actually pre-ordered. I think I might've been your first pre-order. I've been so excited you about were, the book. You were my first pre-order. Thank you. Um, but your voice is in the book. So it's not like reading a book from somebody yeah. else with your concepts in it. Like it's like talking yeah. to you, which knowing you, I think is um, just as important as the con- content is that it's easy to read and it's like fun. So thank you. How when you were writing the book, how did you maintain that? And also the idea that you were going to be talking to so many different people that didn't know you or couldn't read your personality in advance. How did you put yourself in this book, Kelly? That's a really great question. And I love that for many reasons. I think first tone has always been really important to me. And I've also been mastering tone and how I speak for a long time, because I would get questions a lot around, um, how did you do right? Like, I don't actually do writing. Like I'm not really a writer, but I've done so much speaking, so much podcasting, writing so many sales pages. And I think through practice, I've kind of identified how I speak and also my core truth of like how I talk, how I talk to friends, how I talk on the podcast, how I write in the sales page. And I've tried to really embody that. And I've done, I think I've done a good job for the last like five years in my business. So when it came around to actually write a book, I was just like, okay, how would I talk if I was speaking to somebody who was listening on the podcast or Mm. speaking to a friend? And I think grounding into those elements helps me write a book where my tone would come through a lot. I also really wanted to make sure that I did not write a boring book. And that was one of the key things that I was trying to convey in my podcast or in my book proposal to my publishing house of like, there's so many dry books on finding your strengths discovering what you're supposed to do with your life. So much of this is written. And I had said in my proposal, it's like, like written by old white men for other old white men. And I was just (laughs) like, we need something fun, youthful, dynamic, something that people are going to want to feel called to read. And I really wanted to make sure that there was like, um, when I wrote it, I got a tip from 
a person I used to work with and she used to, she used to do contract work for me, but she would give me input on, on copywriting. And she said, you want to make sure that when you're reading things, anytime you get bored or you kind of lose train in what you're reading, you have to re- go back and do it. And I had made sure with every chapter that you feel pulled and compelled to read every single bit. And there's not parts where you're getting bored or it's dry. And I really spent a ton of time editing it to make sure that people felt pulled and to continually read, because I also want to make sure that if it's not, I really believe like if you want to also teach, if you do it in an entertaining way, you like hold their attention and you keep them in the work versus letting them go somewhere else. So I tried, I tried my best to kind of get a tone through to keep it engaged with the ultimate goal of making sure that they actually finished the book and learned. So that was sort of the deeper intention is really get them to, to finish and to complete it. I love Okay. So I have to say, I couldn't put my finger on it when I was reading, but it felt like something was like holding my hand and bringing me forward in the book. So like, the, and I'm like, oh, am I just, cause sometimes I can be reading and like, be like, I need seven snacks. I need to like take a break right now. And I enjoy reading, love it. But it felt like I was being pulled forward. And now the vision I get is that you're like holding my hand as I read the book. So like, I'm actually feeling your energy, which is coming through. So thank you for describing that process. Actually, that's helpful on many different levels. Like as a business owner myself, I'm like, oh, am I fully understanding my tone? So that was really wonderful to hear from you, Kelly. And I felt it. Oh, I'm so glad. You know, the last line of the book is take my hand and leave. You can do it. So I've always, yeah, there's that hand holding bit. Okay. That's awesome. I haven't gotten to the last line yet, but apparently I felt it the whole time. I love that. That's, that's really beautiful. I feel like, you know, obviously I've I've been working on this thing for two years, so it's been nice to see how it is in the world. People being like, I'm reading it or like, this is enjoyable. I'm like, thanks. Cause I've had minimal (laughs) feedback on it for a long time. (laughs) Oh, okay. So we, you have so many amazing things that you can share and speak on really like so many. It's crazy because I feel like your genius is a very wide genius. Like I'm like, Oh, Kelly has a lot of genius in her little zone of genius. It's incredible. But the first thing we want to talk to you about is well, number one, what, what would you say is genius? If you were, I know in the book, you kind of talk about this, but can you briefly share with our audience what that even means to you? I describe your genius as when you combine your top three to five most innate gifts, you create something that only you can do. And it's really the sum of the parts of those best top gifts. And you're performing a task that involves all of them at once. And that's how you create this product that is truly world-class and indispensable. I like to kind of separate a strength from a gift. And I think it's always important to focus on, I define, I always use my own definitions because Come on, dictionaries are old school. (laughs) But I think like when you talk about a a strength, it implies that you're strong at something and we can have many strong suits. We can, we're all very good at many, many things, but we want to focus on our gifts and, you know, it's where you're really gifted. And this is where your gifts are innate. It's stuff that you were like truly born with stuff that you're good at for no rhyme or reason stuff. You can just do instantly on the spot with no preparation or effort, stuff that you're already just so talented at. Focus on those top, top gifts and then do those all at once. And that's how you can create your genius. And your genius can take many different forms too. So for example, through reflecting a lot on why this business had become successful and the other ones didn't, 
it was because I was really harnessing my best gifts, which were teaching, speaking, creating, and connecting. And those can be funneled into multiple ways. So I can create expressions of genius that are, there's so many, right? And that's, I think, the beauty of it, not just getting siloed into thinking you can only have one output. But when I do certain tasks, like speaking and like leading a workshop or coaching a client or doing a webinar, that's when my sort of genius comes out to shine because I'm harnessing those best gifts. And you know you're in your genius when it feels really fun to fabricate and you're yielding great results. You feel really in the flow. Like you feel that stopping of time. People are getting, um, you're, you're getting, you're giving a positive benefit to other people. And it just sort of, it feels kind of like that, that fireworks when you finish doing something and you're like, I love that. Or time just flew or like, you, you just feel like you're on the right path. That's how I would describe it. That's how you know you're, you're really in that, that genius. Mm. It makes me want to just sit down and say, okay, Christy, where are you thinking your strengths are your genius and not, and you're kind of like looking the wrong direction is almost what I see. It's like going back to your intuition moment, like what's actually just like easy that you could do, like what would be the simplest thing? So when somebody is working at this level of genius, why geniuses have like a different set of rules that they play by? This is what we want to first start out talking about so what is it that geniuses do rule wise that everybody else isn't doing yes i sort of believe that geniuses have a different set of rules they play by and it's sort of like they want when you look at them from the outside it's like they can kind of skip the proverbial line it's like if there is a line to get into a club and everybody's waiting in line and i feel like that's a traditional way of doing life and i've noticed this a lot with just well, because I teach on genius, the opposite is being average, right? So if we look at average people and average folk versus geniuses, right? Or people who lean into their genius because everybody has a source of genius. Average people wait in line to get into the club and then are going to go up the front and then pay the bouncer money to get in. But geniuses are thinking about just things in different ways and they can skip the line and maybe find the backdoor entrance to the club or they know somebody and they get into the club and you can proverbially, proverbially skip the line. Because it's sort of like when you're tapped into the thing that only you can do and you're doing that versus other things society says, like improve your weaknesses, um, be very well-rounded, do all the things. When you're just dialed into your genius and you can get known for that thing and you lean into it, a new sort of level of success sort of opens up for you. So the new rules that I teach in the book, it's part four of the book. And it's about understanding that if you kind of tap into some different things or look and look and see the world in different ways, you can skip the line. So one of the lessons I teach in part four is called throw out everything you know and go with how it feels, aka listening to your intuition, because you can achieve these quantum results. And that's really what skipping the line is. It's achieving quantum results over just incremental gains, listening to your intuition and thus getting it right the first time. And like I explained, like how exactly you listen to the intuition understanding that trying harder doesn't always work like really using quitting and quitting often and quitting early as like a sign of a success i also believe in like making easier main metrics so thinking about where can you make your life easy because your genius has a fluidity to it so it's about i always believe like the, the kpi the key performance indicator of like ease is this easy does this feel fun does this feel like a intuitive yes the other principle of sort of like going for what you want versus what you think you can get what do you really, really desire in life? And what is that like thing? And how can you focus your energy and effort on that one tangible thing versus going and settling for all these small crumbs? Most people just 
go for the things that they think they can have, charging for what they think people will pay, pursuing the goals that they think are attainable versus like, what do I really want? Geniuses just go after what they want and then like build it out and they kind of don't limit themselves. It's almost like, it's, it's sort of like an energy and an attitude of like, oh, like I am a genius. Like I can pull this off. It's like leaning into this other energy of really kind of going for these exponential results. That's what I mean by these sort of unconventional rules that geniuses play by that I just, I outline in part four. And the last one that's I think ties in well is that your best success will come from what's most profoundly simple. And really thinking about, it kind of comes back to that, that metric of ease and simple, where you can strike that simplistic brilliance is where you're going to be able to have a very easy way of outputting your genius. Meaning like the things that you can do very simply and easily is you harnessing your best gifts and talents and in turn are going to be able to produce a really good output for other people. It's so huge the way you're saying like trying harder doesn't always work and then do what's easiest, lean into the ease, do what's simple, do what you're good at. It's, we definitely need permission to do that because it's almost like we've made this rule. If it isn't hard, I can't get a lot of money or, you know, things like that. So that's really powerful. So if someone, and, and we also we're burning ourselves out like crazy. We're in the burnout culture and, and everybody is, I think there's a huge shift, which is amazing. And why your tone and book, and like you were saying, everything that you're giving is really important right now, but can you share an example of someone who maybe came to you and they were doing everything wrong and they were average? And what does it look like to listen to your intuition and, and make that shift just a couple maybe examples or description of that? Yeah, I think a great example would be, I'm going to pull, not that she was ever average before, but I, I right. really don't want like leaving. It's really yeah. boring. And then I fixed her. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a really good example of a past client who's just been able to dip into the unconventional set of rules and get achievement quick uh, is I talk about Jenna, Jenna Tilgis, the story in the book. Jenna initially had come to me and she was, she was doing design and she had freelance clients on the side and she was working full time at her design at a design company as a graphic designer. And she had wanted to do her own thing. She had wanted her own business for years and kind of hemmed and hawed and like pushed it off. And she was like, Hey, eventually she's like, I'm going to work with Kelly. I'm going to get this off the ground. The first thing that we really worked on together. And one of the things she talked about in the book is she said, you know, I had a lot of notions of what I needed to have in place before actually committing to it being a full-time thing. Of like I needed to have like 20 freelance clients and be fully booked out and be featured in all these publications. And she kind of was like identifying core fears that were holding her back of feeling like I need more time and experience and certifications maybe before I go for it. Or like, I just need more under my belt in order to begin. And it's sort of about like removing some of those constraints being like, okay, well, what, what can we just like start with? Okay. Let's start with turning your genius into services. Like let's build out some services and she builds out services and then she puts up a website and then listening to her intuition, she had shared, she had like a intuitive download. And I talk about working with your downloads in the book to kind of like make a graphic and she ended up getting picked up by a well-known podcaster to ask to do some podcast graphics for her and then ended up doing the whole website for this person and then continuing to do ongoing work for somebody that she really respected and admired and ended up booking her first thousand dollar client right away and then had gone on within six weeks actually of just like following the downloads putting herself out there taking those baby steps um not listening to her fears jenna quit her full-time job and put her resignation letter in within six weeks of doing that. 
um, to go full-time on her own, which was super fast. And then ended up out earning her corporate salary by the end of first year in business by just essentially like proverbially skipping the line by listening to her downloads, really working through those specific fears, getting really clear on her genius, uh, putting herself out there and like kind of like that feeling the fear and doing it anyways. So that's, I think a really good example of somebody who's been able to like leave the steady trajectory or just like that, the well-known path in favor for what somebody really wants in life. Um, and now she's rocking it. And she, she shared in the book, like she, one of the most common fears, especially around doing your genius is the fear of money. And she had said, I was so nervous thinking when I made my first package that for design, that was 2,500 bucks. Who is ever going to buy this? Who's ever going to want it? Who's going to pay me that much money? She's so popular that that exact package now is 7,500 <laughs> and she's, she's doing so great. And it just kind of comes from, I think that courageous moment when you choose your genius over, over anything else. You know, I'm going to add something to this because I actually know Jenna and she mm-hmm. did the graphic because I met her through Kelly. Kelly introduced mm-hmm. me to her when I asked about graphic design and, um, she did the graphic for my, my logo as well as did a little refresh on my website a couple of years ago now. And I have to say what it, let me tell you what it's like to work with somebody who's within their genius. So I had kind of dabbled around with some other graphic designers. And when I got to Jenna, she was like, here's how I do my process. And it's different than other people. And this is what I do. And I actually use my intuition to create within kind of what you're looking for, but you really get kind of like one option. And if you like it or don't, it's not that she, and it wasn't it didn't feel like a heavy statement. It was like, I am so good at what I do that I know this is the easiest way to do it if you feel aligned to working with me. And now that you're explaining the side of it, I'm like, she is so in her genius that it makes total sense that she would just simply be off and running and have skipped Mm -hmm. the line in this way Mm -hmm. because she does what feels good to her and what she knows works for her, not Mm -hmm. what everybody else is doing. It was a very Mm -hmm. different experience than the other graphic designers I had reached out to. Thank you for that, for her, for me. Like, thank you. (laughs) We reference, we reference Jess Lively and she did her podcast and website graphics and it is, it's just beautiful. Thank you. That's an amazing example. And to me, it might be a silly metaphor in my brain but it's here so I'm just gonna say it it's like when you watch the movie the wizard of oz and it's like black and white and then it goes into color and it's it feels like collectively in business and and I'm in a lot of networking groups and I work with business people as well like there's just this shift and what you're describing again to be cheesy is like how do you paint over here like what do you want to do what do you want to make what do you want it to be like and I think, like I said, we need permission, but like, this is kind of an instruction manual is what I'm feeling like, which is amazing. And that example proves it so well, because I mean, one thing is we're burning ourselves out and the other it's, it's not fun. And it's just kind of sucks, you know? Oh, I sound like everybody else. I just have different colors on my logo or, you know, I'm going to, you know, not like you're saying average, but also safe, like it's safe, you know, in the safest place in the world is like in my bed or under my bed or in a jail cell, you know, (laughs) it's not a fun way to do business. Yeah. Oh, there's a chapter. One of my favorite, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but we do need someone to hold our hand, (laughs) like take us like, Hey guys, I've been over here painting for a while. Like I'll help you out. 
Yeah. And there's a chapter in the book. It's called Nobody Else Can Do It Like You, No Matter How Hard You Try. It's part of that part on having a different set of rules. And I explained that you're either the genius or the copycat. And geniuses like lean into their own authentic essence and they run with their intuitive pings and they're like doing their work in their own style, in their own way. And they're like going for the goal of like self-actualization and putting stuff out into the world that feels good. And then you're the copycat that's just like trying to play it safe, trying to go within the rules, make everybody happy, do what looks normal, follow what other competitors are doing, like have the same similar logos and colors and wording as other people. And it's like, you will get those way better quantum results when you lean into your authentic lesson or like authentic essence. Don't really give a crap what other people are doing and like follow it. And I think really it's really obvious to see when we see expressions of genius or use the example of like Jenna, like it's, it's so clear through her process and her method, like she is the genius and therefore is getting the results. Cause she like leans into it versus we all know those other people that so many folks in the business space where it's just like carbon copies of other stuff. And lo and behold, it doesn't work out because it's like, you can only be one, the genius or the copycat. And I love what you said about, you know, that, that feeling of safety and that feeling of like, Oh, it's easy to just, be in your in your bed or like be in the jail cell but that's and it, it like you get the short-term payoffs of not putting yourself out there but your work just really suffers in the end so you kind of kind of like be courageous and you know go for it yeah it's always been ironic to me that we idolize people that take those risks and do the the work you know even mm-hmm. you moving out of silicon valley out of that safety into this new space that you created and then the whole reason they got there is doing the things that you're talking about and taking those risks and not being safe and then we're like i'm going to be just like them which is defeating you know <laughs> what the whole purpose yeah mm-hmm. Okay. So there's so much to talk about because your book is honestly, like Serena said, here, let's hold your hand so that we can discover your genius. So just to let everyone know, we're going to do the next podcast we release will be a follow-up to this episode with Kelly. Um, And so that you know where we're going with this, we're going to talk about why you don't need any extra expertise. You don't need to take another course or a class or anything else to get to your genius. So that is coming up in the next episode, but we want to make sure you know where to find Kelly. Number one, you can get Kelly's book on Amazon because I know that because the nice little Amazon people delivered it at my house. Uh Um, Are there other places to reference where you can get your book, Kelly? Yes, you can get my book at kellytrack.com slash books and it's spelled T-R-A-C-H. So K-E-L-L-Y-T-R-A-C-H dot com slash books. Um, and I've linked out if you're American, international, Canadian, it's everywhere. Barnes and Noble, Target, Amazon, Walmart. We've got uh, e- e-books, hardcovers, audiobook, which will be linked shortly. All of it's there. So kellytrack.com slash books. And wherever books are sold, you can find it. You can find. Are you reading it it's for Audible? Yes, I just finished two weeks ago. Yeah, it's me. It's me. I narrated the whole thing. It was so much fun. I don't even know where the time went because it felt like such a dream to create it. Awesome. Okay, Kelly, thank you for joining us today, and thank you everybody for listening. Come back to the next episode to hear more from Kelly. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. Leave us a review. Subscribe so more people can find us. And if you want more information about me or Christy, there's a link to both of our websites in the show notes. And we'll see you next time. Bye.